Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Jewelry isn't a gift you give just once. It's a way to remind your loved one of a beautiful moment every time they see it. Blue Nile can help you find the gift that says how you feel and says it beautifully with expert guidance and a wide assortment of jewelry of the highest quality at the best price. Go to BlueNile.com and experience the convenience of shopping Blue Nile, the original online jeweler since 1999. That's BlueNile.com to find the perfect jewelry gift for any occasion. BlueNile.com. God bless you guys. God bless the world, buddy. Let's go race. Another episode of the Loud Pedal Podcast. We welcome you to episode 15 of the Loud Pedal Podcast on Flow Racing. If you're listening, uh, you need a subscription because we are visible through video. And that is on the Flow Racing app and on the flowracing.com. Dylan Welch is in the Janet Welch uh, headquarters there in Concord, North Carolina. Are you in Concord? Are you in... Or are you Harrisburg or there's Janet? Uh, yeah, so I'm Janet. Concord. Concord, Concord area for Dylan Welch. I am in the uh, frozen tundra of Allegan, Michigan, and we are not located on the Lake Norman, you know, banks, if you will, and anymore. We need, to, we need to change North our Carolina. change our Twitter bio. No longer on the shores of Lake Norman. <laughs> Worldwide, we are international. Uh, we welcome you. It is, we are getting close to the, you know, everything kicking off in Tulsa, a big time for flow racing with, you know, the Tulsa shootout happening. The 28th is when we start practicing and we roll on through new years, you know, to the end of the, you know, the week, you will get tons of micro racing. Those are some long races, Dylan. I think you've been out there before, haven't you for that event? I have. Yeah. No, it's, I'm super excited, honestly. Yeah, no, I'm excited because, um, you know, no offense to racing boys, but it was just not one of those things where I ever wanted to fork over the money to, you know, to watch every single day. But now with, you know, my flow subscription, I'll just turn it on and have it on in the background, you know, and just, you know, have it on, have it on all day long. So, uh, it's super exciting. You know, I hope people really do take the chance to, to watch it and check it out. Um, super fun week, you know, lots of really, really great racing and, 
plenty of guys that'll be racing in the Chili Bowl, you know, so there's some, you know, familiar names, um, you know, to those of you that, that maybe aren't as familiar with the micro racing, you'll certainly know some names from the midget and sprint car world that are racing. So um, going to be a lot of, you know, really great stuff. So I hope everybody can tune in. Much of this podcast today, we will talk about the Tulsa shootout with Emerson Axum coming on the show. He is the outlaw winged winner from last year. Talented race car driver. And wait till you see the move he puts on Jonathan Beeson to win this thing. Um, but he is an incredible race car driver. He is in a Scott Petrie Motorsports midget that was announced this week. He, Ben Worth, and there's someone else racing for Petrie. And I don't know who it is. Do you? Uh, Harley Holland. Holly's dad. Harley Holland. Yes, Harley Holland. Holly Holland is racing for Keith Coons Motorsports, but Harley, her dad, is racing for Petrie. So those are the three cars that are competing uh, for Petrie Motorsports. I think I'm missing one more. Am I missing another one? I think, but I, I don't remember who it is. I'll have to look that up as we uh, continue to go on. But yes, Emerson Axum's on the show today. We are going to do a Flow Racing Rewind with him on the podcast. It's going to be cool. We're going to watch his race from last year's micro win in the winged outlaw class. Dylan, you're not racing in the Tulsa shootout, but you are racing in the Chili Bowl, and we are counting down to the time as well. They just started adding dirt into the building in Tulsa. Um, I saw that the Golden Driller has a mask on, which is good. It looked like someone got up there and painted that. Could you imagine the job of going up there and painting a mask on the Golden Driller? Well, at least we're, at least everybody's safe. You know, it's the sign of the times. I wonder if the trophy is going to have a mask on it. <laughs> I, I hope it does. I mean, that would be sick. Uh, speaking of the chili bowl, we are the sponsor of the white flag lap. Uh, no, for the chili no, bowl. you are not. You are not the sponsor of anything. It says Loud Pedal Podcast on there, and I am half of the Loud Pedal Podcast. You are not sponsor. You didn't sponsor anything. It's me and Bro me and Wikipedia are sponsoring our the white, white flag, flag lap. Our white flag lap says Loud Pedal Podcast and at Wikipedia, who is a we've talked about him a couple times now because he's breaking all the news for the Chili Bowl, and he you know attended the midget showdown in, in Carolina. Um, Walkopedia chipped in 50 bucks because you tweeted out complaining about me not paying the 50 bucks, even though you sent me a tweet. All I said was laugh out loud. And then you just go tweet it out saying, I'm not going to pay you. I never said I wasn't going to pay you, but well, I knew you <laughs> thank you very much. Walkopedia. Thank you very much. Walkopedia for paying for it. Uh, Christmas is a bit tight. It, it's, <laughs> It could be the middle of summer new, and you wouldn't have, you wouldn't have paid that fifty dollars. I got a new house. That is not true. That is not true. New house. Uh it's difficult because my we have Christmas. Well, we got a new house. We have Christmas. Then my wife's birthday is early January, January 6th, and then I have Valentine's Day, February 14th. I pretty much go broke during this time and then make all my money in the summer. Well, I've got Hannah's birthday. I've got my anniversary, which is basically Chili Bowl. Then Hannah's birthday is February 4th and then Valentine's Day. So I'm just as tight, son. <laughs> that is true. You you are tighter than me. We've already established that on the podcast before. 
You are way who paid this? Who paid the fifty dollars? Who paid their half of the lap sponsor? You didn't give me a chance you. to pay it. You didn't give me a chance to pay. I mean, I didn't, I didn't jump off my wallet, but like, you didn't give me a chance oh, yeah. to pay it. You sure didn't. Wikipedia must be getting that uh, that WRG check now already. <laughs> yeah, big time. <laughs> Jeez. <laughs> oh man, it's it's gonna be a good time. Some chili bowl uh, news. You know, the first 100 entries are in. You can check that out on flowracing.com. Uh, I saw some cool stuff. Charlie Leffler is owning a car. Did you see that? Yeah, I mean, it's Danny it's Garvin. Bobby's. Yeah, Bobby's car that Jason Leffler and Damien, when they won the race, when Damien won the Chili Bowl in 2008, he was driving for Jason Leffler. And so Charlie, Jason's son, uh, is now listed as the owner for the car Damien's driving this year, which is pretty cool. It is cool. And, you know, obviously 71 was Leffler's number for a long time. You know, talented midget racer who raced for Keith Coons Motorsports and and others. Um, so it is cool to see that. Um, I've seen the paint schemes coming out. Timez's looks really cool. Um, I wonder if we're going to get like five identical NOS cars. I saw I saw Grant's today. I saw Grant's today. His is different than last year, so I haven't seen I haven't seen Wyndham's, so I don't know what his is going to look like in our in our camp, and I don't know what Sunshine's is going to look like either. Obviously, so who knows? Grant's car looks pretty sick, though. For I mean, those NOS cars, they always look sick. It's just they're always identical. At least like, the midgets have some. I at least like, the, the midgets. Yeah. The midgets have some color on them. The sprint cars are all black, which we've discussed. I'll give them a break. I'll give them a break there. Like their midgets do look better. I have gotten in trouble in the past for making fun of the uh, the identical NOS cars. Um, Millbridge had a midget race, two of them actually, back to back features. Uh, Chase Briscoe won the first, and Kyle Larson won the second. With some pretty badass in cars coming from uh, Larson and Briscoe on that night. Chase Elliott, he might get my hat shake. I mean, he's like, how do you, how do you get, you know, he hasn't raced any dirt. Maybe a late model. I don't know. Maybe I'm wrong there, but he's already just as fast as those guys. I mean, maybe Millbridge slows everything's down, but it seemed to me like he was getting around there pretty good. Yeah, I was impressed, you know, I mean, and I think the thing, you know, and I tweeted about this, but it doesn't really even matter his finishes, but the fact that, you know, he was up there on the cushion, you know, trying to learn and figure it out. I mean, and that was not an easy cushion to run because it was literally on the wall. So uh, that was the more impressive thing to me is not that he finished third, the first race, um, just the fact that he, how he did it, you know, that he wasn't around there just putting around the bottom, you know, waiting for guys to make a mistake. Like he was up, he was up there learning, you know, trying to, trying to figure it out and, um, you know, had two really good races as a result. That was a nice warm up session for Briscoe, Leary, you know, all the NASCAR guys had their midgets there. I think it's a good idea to do that warm up session because then you get Leary and Bowman's car, get it, you know, get that thing tuned up and ready to go right before practice at the Chili Bowl. Briscoe and Chase Elliott were together. Obviously, um, Chad had some of his cars out there. I think Ryan Timms ran for him and Kyle Larson. So any more laps you can get with others not there uh, right before this this Chili Bowl event is important. 
Yeah, well, and that's the thing for for Chase is just that, I mean, he's never raced one. So to go and, you know, have two races, you know, two full-length features to go run and learn and, and you know, that's invaluable for him before he gets ready to go race. I mean, it's invaluable for, you know, for anybody. I mean, I wish I could have raced, um, you know, but just to be be less than a month, you know, out of the car before you get in it again and, and go run Chili Bowl uh, is a, is a big deal, you know, for, for all those guys, but, you know, especially for chase. So it'll be, that'll, uh, that'll help him for sure. When he, you know, he unloads Monday and has to go out there and, and practice. Did you have taken your mic out there and ran the same laps at Millbridge? Mm-hmm. Um, I don't know. I don't know really. I don't even remember what laps we were turning at Millbridge. Um, I don't think it was that fast cause they were down, they were in the, in the nines. So I don't think we were going that fast. I could be wrong though. Larson was on the gas. It was pretty ridiculous. Um, but there's no doubt about that. Um, I'm looking through Petrie's announcements. Jacob Denny was driver number two that was announced. Hmm. Um, we'll pilot the number 35 entry powered by Toyota at the Chili Bowl Midget Nationals. Um, and Harley Holland was the first driver announced. So that's the one that we are missing. Um, so that's Petrie's lineup. Let's talk to Emerson Axum. But before that, who are your hat shakes? Well, I was going to give mine to Chase Elliott. So I don't know if I if I just slid you for that. Um, but again, no, solely for, for the re- yeah, solely for the reason I just gave, you know, just how he went about those first couple races, um, you know, finishes are great. You know, it's, it's nice for the, you know, the NASCAR fans that aren't going to pay any attention to it. They're going to see that he ran third in his first race and they're going to think it's amazing. Uh, and it is, it's a great accomplishment. Um, but I think for the dirt, you know, the dirt fans that, you know, understand, uh, you know, the task that he had, uh, and how difficult it was, you know, and, and the way he went about it and did it, uh, to, to me was more impressive than, than him finishing third. So I'll give mine to him. I know I've been a homer past a couple weeks, but I have to give mine to flow racing and specifically Michael Rigsby and, uh, the folks at dirt on dirt for announcing a 10 race series. That is going to be incredible. It is the Castro flow racing night in America featuring some of the biggest stars in dirt model, dirt late model racing, Uh, No, Larson will probably, well, maybe Larson will show up to some of these. You never know. March through October 2021. um, The first opening race will be Thursday, March 25th at 411 Motor Speedway. Some big prizes, first place prizes from $10,000 to $20,000. And basically what's going to happen is the Dirt on Dirt Studios and Michael Rigsby, Derek Kessinger, they're going to be in a studio in, you know, the headquarters of Dirt on Dirt. And they're going to do like a... You know, night in America, if you will, football night in America. You know, you see it on TV where they have the studios and they kind of throw it out to the race. They kind of come back, you know, talk about it, have a little halftime show. I don't know what they're you know specifically going to do. That's why I'm going to get Michael Rigsby on to talk about it here, potentially in a separate podcast, or I'll add the interview to this podcast. Uh, that'll be happening tomorrow. But is Carrie Underwood so performing before they come on? <laughs> I'm thinking that we should get somebody to perform. I did see that the latest uh, Chili, you know, the Tulsa shootout uh, music video is out from the guy, uh, you know, that's local there. Um, I got, I got to find that for you. That's that's pretty good. We got to tweet that one say, out. I don't think I've seen that. Yeah. 
Yeah, something about lock me in uh, to like lock me in. Oh, I think it's like from Wagon Wheel. It's like lock me in, a lock me in to Tulsa or something like lock me into a qualifier and a main or whatever. Sounds like a Grammy <laughs> but, Award winner. <laughs> this is this late model purse is huge. Uh, compete for a year end points fund totaling sixty thousand dollars across ten races. Nice. Um, I think it's time for us to get a late model. Larson's, yeah, Larson that money. knows what he's doing here. Larson knows what he's doing here. Um, it's going to be cool. It's it going to be a midweek. It's going to be a midweek series, so it's likely not going to compete against the weekend races. Brand new live studio show hosted by, like I said, Michael Rigsby and Derek Kessinger on Dirt on Dirt. So it's going to be a good time. That's my hat shake. Yours goes to Chase Elliott. Congratulations. Let's talk to Emerson Axum. He is next. We'll learn about his career coming through the micro ranks, and also. We'll uh, watch his win from last year in the Winged Outlaw series. That is coming up next on episode 15 of the Loud Pedal Podcast. Welcome back to the Loud Pedal Podcast here on Flow Racing. Dylan Welch, Tyler Burnett, we're joined by Emerson Axum. Uh, he is live from his studio at his school, something that I've never had the privilege of doing in my, um, you know, education life. But uh, he is in a digital studio. He, he had his microphone set up, Dylan Welch. Uh, he has his earbuds in. And this is the, he looks better than us, really. He looks and sounds better than us. It's pretty crazy. What class are you missing right now, Emerson? Uh, I'm actually I'm in my online class, so I would be just like sitting at a computer doing online. So, oh, oh. perfect. Nice. This is uh, this is pretty pretty special. I mean, we've never had anything like this before. Um, thanks for joining the podcast. You you know thanks you're an extremely talented micro racer, and you um, you know you've been running a midget with Petrie recently. How did that relationship come about? Obviously, you are from in the Indianapolis area, Indiana, um, you know, kind of Dylan's stomping grounds, really. Um, how did that relationship come about with you and Petrie? Actually, it, uh, it all started back when my dad, he ran for Gene Nolan and Jerry Coons was on the same team. And my dad just kind of built a relationship with Jerry. And then Scott was asking, uh, asking Jerry who should who should he look out for? And uh, Jerry kind of recommended me, and we, we kind of talked. And Scotty, he watched me in the micros a little bit, and just just so happened to work out that way. So how? And I I honestly didn't even realize that your dad was who he was until just now when you said that. But uh, so how? What is your dad's driving background like? How much driving does he have, and racing does he have in his background? Um, really not, not a lot of, not, no dirt stuff, really. Um, he ran one dirt race and it was, uh, it was basically a front wheel drive. So, you know, a little bit different, um, but all, all his racing was, um, pavement stuff. And he ran, he ran a lot of pavement modifieds and in the, I think it was the U, USA series. And then Gene, 
Gene Nolan uh, kind of brought them in to help their payment program on the on the shocks a little bit because my dad's good friends with Corey at Advance, so um, they tried to get that tuned up. And then um, you know he they had a lot of motor issues, but I think they got it all figured out. So it worked out. So you coming from a family of racing and um, that's cool that your dad didn't do the dirt racing stuff. You know, he, we, we see others like Gio Selzy, you know, his dad was a straight liner um, and, you know, we've seen others, you know, Tanner Gray m m make his way to, you know, a similar path of d oval dirt track racing. What drew you to that? What, what made you want to race on the dirt? Uh, so actually my dad, when, when he was like 18 or 19, he, uh, he worked on a lot of uh, dirt late model stuff. He was a crew guy on a dirt late model team. And, uh, you know, they, they were, uh, I guess, uh, the better on the regional side of uh, dirt late models. So it was a guy named Steve Garnett. And, um, you know, I just, I always like watching the dirt stuff. So, uh, you know, if I, if I wanted to race something, I wanted to race a midget or a sprint car. What has the transition been like for you this year? I mean, obviously, jumping from the micro to the midget power-wise and, and you know, driving-wise, there's a difference. But the midget field and competition is super, super tough this year. And I'd imagine that that made it, you know, the learning, the learning curve is never easy, but I'm sure that the competition made it that much more difficult this year. Oh, yeah, for sure. And, uh, you know, basically every track I've gone to this year is – it's been a new track to me, so I always try to watch on flow uh, the replays and stuff to, to get, you know what I mean, uh, get there. And it's not the same, but it definitely helps a lot. And uh, it's tough, you know, but it also, it, the good nights are really good. And then, so if you do have a bad night, you kind of, it humbles you, but the good nights are, you know, they, uh, they mean a lot. Thank you for mentioning flow there. We didn't pay you to do that, but uh, appreciate that. <laughs> Uh, <laughs> we're chatting with Emerson Axum here on the Loud Pedal Podcast, episode 15. Um, I've had conversations with Petrie, um, and he says you're the real deal. And, you know, we're about to eventually watch your Tulsa shootout win from the winged outlaw uh, class here soon uh, on another episode of uh, Flow Racing Rewind. But um, you, you are a very talented micro racer, and you're still learning the midgets and there was a race last year, Dylan, where I was like, I think we actually gave him a hat shake. It's like, look, he's pounding the bottom, and he was he was competing with those guys. When you get a car good enough, uh, you you seem to be coming to the midgets pretty well here. Oh yeah, and you know, it's it's my dad. He's he's the one wrenching on it, so uh, it, it helps. But it's also it's tough on both of us, you know, because we're both learning. And um, but it, it helps a lot because he knows what I like, and um, I mean. He, he sacrifices a lot, so I can't thank my dad enough. This year for you, you know, you had a you had a few guys. I mean, obviously, you know, you talked about your relationship with Jerry, but, um, you know, there was a few guys that were kind of in and out of Scott's cars this year, like Justin Grant ran them some, um, you know, and Tanner Carrick was in there, you know, at, at some point. I mean, guys that, you know, are veterans of of the series and, and just veterans of of these higher horsepower race cars. How much did that help you? adjust to the national midget deal and and just kind of having those guys and, and others to lean on oh yeah you know uh, kt and, and and grant they helped me a lot and you know we're, we're we're good friends with both of them outside of racing so you know 
it's not it's not just uh, you know a deal where I'm just kind of there and they're just kind of there where where I, we'll go out to eat and stuff. You know, they're they're good friends, so they like to help me, which I mean means a lot. I'm sure that does. Uh, some talented race car drivers that have gone through there. Jerry Coons, of course, a Triple Crown winner. Uh, KT, a very talented race car driver as well. Um, we, t- we talked about the micros. So do you race in- at Peru? Is that your local track? Like where did you kind of start your micros? Obviously, you've been to a lot of national races recently. Um, but where is home for you as far as racing locally? Uh, in the micros, it was Logan Sport and then Peru. We would we would kind of split it, you know, and try to get both when I started. So I wasn't just, you know, racing at one track. I could kind of, you know, and then we'd go over to SIR a little bit. But those were kind of the three main tracks we started out at. What was the biggest jump for you? I mean, just because, you know, like Tyler said, I mean, I think you've we see this a lot now, you know, with, with, you know, younger kids that are making the jump to midgets. I mean, it seems like you guys adapt so quickly. Um, what was though the biggest thing you had to get used to just jumping from the micro where you had success and then, you know, going up against these grown men, you know, these adults that have been racing these cars longer than you've been alive. Uh, I'd say the biggest jump is probably that, you know, everyone drives just as hard or not harder than me you know what i mean to where in the micros uh they're not they're not any less talented they just they might drive a little less hard to where in the midgets everyone wants it just as bad if not you know what i mean it's no one's really uh driving it any less hard than you are you're not mm-hmm. gonna outdrive anyone i guess yeah that's that's easy to say uh this year um, will be your first Chili Bowl. You turn 16 win, and also, you know, you have a golden driller, uh, but what would it mean to go out there and, and put it in the show first off, but secondly, get Petrie a golden driller? Oh, it would mean, it'd mean a lot. Um, you know, the Tulsa Shootout's a big deal in its own in its own realm, but Chili Bowl's a whole other level, and um, – put it in the show to even have a chance at you know to just say you were there and have a chance at it you know that 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 would mean a lot um and you know i i hope to we've had tons of speed and if you look at you know the guys we were kind of racing around this year they've they've all been fast at chili bowl so i'm i'm really looking forward to it does having laps in that building on that racetrack help ease the nerves of just going into your first chili bowl and and you know everything that comes with just you know getting to saturday at that point i mean does having you know laps and and wins there does that help you at all Uh, i'd say laps at any track definitely definitely help when you go back um but i think i think the biggest thing is knowing how to how to race on on that big of a level as in like uh you know you gotta you gotta move forward but you can't make your make yourself you know you can't take yourself out of the race you gotta kind of be smart about it when it's that big of a race and there's there's that many cars. Mm-hmm. Patience and buying your time. Um, all right, we should probably watch this race. Um, let's so let's Alon, if you want to pull that up, this will uh, this is last year's winged outlaw race, and you are the car on the outside of row two, right? You start fourth. Yep. Yep. 
black car. Uh, to your inside, Jonathan Beeson. In front of you, Pearson and Koonsman, talented micro racers. Um, the track's pretty narrow here pretty early on, but Beeson kind of rolls the bottom here and, and is pretty impressive. You've raced with Jonathan Beeson a lot in your career. Um, how talented of a race car driver is he? Uh, you know, I I really, I mean, I've always knew who Jonathan Beeson was, but I didn't put the name and the car together. So, like, uh, I I really like uh, I didn't even I didn't even know who I was really racing against, and I'm kind of glad because it it might have <laughs> made me a little bit nervous. But, um, you know, I I knew the 10J guys were always going to be fast here. They're always fast. Uh, they they won with Ben and Zeb, and then uh, you know right here I was kind of worried because. We weren't we weren't backing up, but the the first three cars were kind of you know they're kind of on a little bit faster level right there. At the start of these races, I mean it's a fifty five lap race. I mean it's a you know, long race for micros. Uh, what's the biggest thing you have to tell yourself just early on when the track is you know it's it's fast, it's narrow, it's sometimes one lane. You know you can't really go anywhere. You just kind of have to maintain. Like what's the biggest thing you have to tell yourself? I'm um, right here. I'm kind of, I'm kind of just saying, you know, hit the bottom and stay in fourth. Cause I knew I could, uh, I could hang with these guys in traffic or, or pass them, you know? Um, and, uh, so I'm right now, I'm just hoping it gets to lap traffic and, you know, we have a little bit of luck on our side with that. And then, uh, I knew, I knew I was looking up at the screen. I knew Brady was behind me and Corey was behind me. So I knew I had to kind of, make sure I, I hit the bottom pretty good or else they were, them two were going to go by and we don't want that. Brady Bacon in the Hink uh, car. Here's a caution coming. Uh, a guy that uh, we had to deal with in lap traffic. So Koonsman still leads another restart here with Beeson behind him, Pearson, and then you, Bacon's behind you. Um, the track starting to widen out in a bit. And, you know, it's right now pretty much a car length. You might get a half a car link here soon in the next five laps, but this is a long race, 55 laps for a micro. That's a long time. Yeah. And I, and I, I saw Brady, you know, I tried the, tried the middle right there and I saw Brady's nose. So I knew it was still too early to do anything in the, in the middle to top side. So, you know, I kind of lucked out with Brady, Brady breaking uh, right there and, you know, kind of showed me the middle wasn't there yet. That's something you mentioned something too with the screen that a lot of people that that maybe haven't ever been to the Chili Bowl or or aren't that familiar with it don't realize there's a video board going into turn one, you know, up above the racetrack that the fans are watching. But when you're on the racetrack, you can look at it and see, you know, if the guys are behind you where they're running and that sort of thing. I mean, that's that's a big part of having success there, isn't it, Emerson? Just like having the wherewithal to you know, go down the straightaway, look up at the screen real quick and figure out where the guys are behind you and then get back into the corner. Oh yeah. Um, it, it helps a lot for sure. Like, you know, I don't, I don't really, I'm not the guy that really looks at my dad. Uh, you know, if I'm, if I'm anywhere but in the lead, but you know, at the, at this track, you know, I, it doesn't matter where I'm running. I kind of take a peek at it every lap to, uh, to kind of, you know, check where the leaders are. Just basically it's, just summary of the whole race and you can kind of see what's going on throughout the field. Coonsman bees and battling for the lead. Um, 
one thing that we missed, and I it's I only know this because I had to cut the cautions out. We actually missed your pass for third. Uh, well, we're going to miss your pass for third here in a second. Pearson's third right now. Um, but so once Beeson gets around Coonsman here in a second, you know, we're going to follow Beeson a lot. Um, so at that point, when you see Beeson, he's going to make the pass here on Coonsman and he's going to check out. Are you worried at all that that bottom's going to go away? Uh, because it's going to have to for you to be able to catch him. Oh, yeah, you know. I, I knew the Tenja guy. I knew it wasn't going to be good if he got out out front. That whole group, you know, Beeson and, and Tenja, that whole group, if they got out front early, they were going to be hard to catch. And and right here, I kind of lucked out with this. So that, that helped me a lot right there. And it, it took out Corey, too. So he was on me kind of kind of that whole start of that race. So with, uh, with him breaking, I kind of got a little pressure taken off. That's what it's all about in that building, though. I mean, you just, you know, you have to have mm -hmm. stuff fall your way every once in a while and, and miss the wrecks. And, and, you know, sometimes it gives you spots. Sometimes it takes away spots. But to win a race in there, I mean, that's that's as much a part of it as anything is just having a little bit of luck to miss stuff like that. Mm-hmm. Trying the top here. Pearson's running the bottom. Um. You tried it there. I think it just seems like a long way around at the top right now. It was just so dirty at the start, you know. Um, and then I think they start cleaning it up. The guys, like, uh, guys mid-pack, they started trying it. And it ended up working. Uh, I saw them on the screen working it. So uh, I went up there and tried it. And then I saw I saw Pearson move up. And uh, that's when I, I knew I had to go up. And you could see guys on the board, right? Like if you you could see yeah. guys on the running the top of the track, and if they're coming at you, yeah. Like right now, you got one car up there. But the more laps you click off here, the the wider the track, you know, the track widens out, right? Yeah. Just, just at the start with them working it the way they do it, uh, it throws up a whole bunch of marbles to the top, so it makes it makes it you know you go up there and it's kind of dusty. So uh, the guys in the mid pack, luckily, they're cleaning it up. At what point do you decide to just commit up there? I don't, Tyler. I don't even know if if you if it shows when he goes up there. But at what point, Emerson, did you just decide, all right, I'm going to commit to the top because then you got to Beeson and you were running the top. Um, you know, which I know we'll see here in a little bit, but at some point you just kind of have to tell yourself, all right, I'm going to go up here and try and make something happen. Uh, I saw, I saw Anton behind me. Uh, he was kind of, he kind of ran me down on the top and then, you know, if I didn't move up, he was going to pass me. So right then I knew it was, it was either move up or get past, uh, cause you know, I wasn't, I wasn't doing anything on the bottom and that's for sure. So, you know, I knew I had to move up. I think I did move up right there. Yeah, Hernandez is about ready to get crashed here in a second. Um, he was he was ripping the top and chasing you down. Beeson's just rolling the bottom here, and he's you know just clicking off. He's getting to these lap cars that are kind of getting holding him up a little bit, but he's perfectly on that berm, and it seems like the car never gets tight or loose or nothing. It's kind of just perfect all the way around the bottom. Oh yeah, um, they they get those ten J cars. They get them perfect, and uh, you know they have that place figured out. And you can't take anything away from uh, Beeson. He's always fast there too. So 
I knew I knew if they just got out front and got in clean air, I, it was going to be hard to beat them. It's an art running the berm there. I mean, because you especially, I mean, the micros, I've never run one in that building, but, you know, especially in the midgets, you know, you've got to kind of hit it a certain way to not climb over it with the left rear and the micros are smaller than that. And I'm sure easier to climb over the berm. So it's, um, oh, there we got somebody crashed. Is that Anton? Mm-hmm. Yes. Pearson uh, fed him a right wheel. Right wheel. Uh, we're going back to green, but it seems like you start really ripping the top here and just kind of building momentum on them. And if you can keep them close and your nose close, you'll, you might have a shot at it. Yeah, I, I knew I was running him down a little bit in traffic, so I was worried once he got in clean air that he was going to just, uh, you know, be hard to beat. So it's kind of rough. You had to be careful off of two. You'll you'll see I hit it pretty good here in a minute. And, you know, I knew that I figured out where all the holes were, so I knew that if he went up there, I could kind of catch him off guard because you can't really see him up there. So, you know, I kind of lucked out on, on figuring out where they were. I know you said you didn't realize who you were really battling at the time, but like looking back on it and kind of understanding how many, I mean, Jonathan Beeson is a great race car driver. I mean, has a ton of laps, you know, at a lot of different racetracks, but especially in the Expo Center, you know, has, has raced the Chili Bowl many times, has, has won a prelim there, uh, I think, you know, a couple times maybe. Uh, I mean, he's one of the best in that building and, and you know, you're going toe to toe with him here and and sliding him for the lead here. I mean, I'm sure looking back on that, did, did you have time to kind of reflect on what a cool moment that was? Oh yeah. And me and my dad actually talked about that. Cause you know, we kind of, we kind of knew, we knew who Jonathan Beeson was, but I didn't, I didn't kind of put two and two together till afterwards, like you said. And, um, it was, it was definitely cool. Cause you know, he like, I remember watching last year, he, he, he almost won it in the non-wing stock It was kind of a, kind of a heartbreaker for him he got you know it was like a uh photo finish deal so and then he i know he already has a driller and then so i was kind of you know i think it, i think it's cool and then he he does really good at the chili bowl every year so you know the slide job there uh how do you calculate that uh how do you know you have enough momentum and enough to clear them. That's uh, that's a pretty impressive move there. And it's obvi- it's going to get you the win here, obviously, but um, just that's kind of the slide jobs you uh, dream about at night. Don't you? <laughs> yeah, actually, if you watch my heat races, they weren't that good. I was all over the berm, you know, pulling wheelies over here, over there. And they they were kind of rough. So, so uh, I figured them out luckily in the A feature. So that definitely helped. What are the nerves like? I mean, and you're about to get in, into some lap traffic here in a few laps, but like the nerves, because I know you're looking at the video board trying to figure out where he's at. He's right on you. You know the laps are winding down. You see lap traffic ahead of you. I mean, what's what was going through your head at this point, just trying to tell yourself to to kind of keep calm and and you know stay focused on hitting your marks. I'm um, right here. I'm kind of panicking almost because. I was watching the screen. They weren't showing me. They weren't showing me. And then they peeked back to me, and then he's all over me. So uh, I didn't see him there for a while, and, you know, I, I figured we were okay. And then the top just – I felt it kind of going away. You know, you can tell when it, it just gets too far around or too dirty up there. So 
you know, I knew, I knew once I saw him run in the bottom that if I just, you know, obviously stick the berm, it'll, it'll be hard to pass me unless he moves me. It's got to be extremely difficult running the bottom there when you just ran the top for 12 to 15 laps. Um, and he's been running the bottom all day. It looks like almost the track has changed to where there is like a, almost a rubber groove about a car link up from the bottom instead of right around the berm. Mm-hmm. I, I almost had my wing too far, uh, too far forward. I should have just messed with the shocks a little bit, dialed myself in, but I didn't want to, you know what I mean? I was kind of just focused on, on rolling the bottom and, and, uh, hoping not to miss it. And there comes a point too, with that racetrack where it's like the bottom groove is almost not even a groove. It's just like a strip of dirt. And so you kind of just are sliding through it anyways, but it's more about at that point, like, you know, you can kind of get up on the burn, but if you just slide around it, you know, close to it and you're not spinning your tires, like it, it you're still going forward. So it's, it's a weird, it's weird how the racetrack kind of changes as it gets slicker there. And you did a good job protecting it. Uh, the bottom was uh, tough there. Nice win, uh, rolling the bottom there, beating Jonathan Beeson. I'm pretty sure right now it's probably sinking in maybe that you just uh, won one of the biggest micro races in the entire world. Yeah, I was honestly like uh, like in my interview, I didn't even I said I didn't even know if I won. So uh, <laughs> like I was kind of in shock, you know, um, and it didn't really set in until until I got out and kind of talked with my dad and my family a little bit. <laughs> well, nobody can take it away from you. You got a driller now, so it's real. <laughs> so they announced, you know, Petri Motorsports announced that you will be racing at the Chili Bowl this year. It'll be your first Chili Bowl. Um, just the emotions right now that you sit here and, and, and you head there. It'll be on flow racing. It's going to have more eyeballs than it's ever had in its entire, you know, existence um at, at least the preliminary nights and then you're rolling into map tv later on in, in the main events um this is a busy time for you i mean you race back to back you know you race then you have nine days and you race again um probably the most important time for a lot of micro midget racing uh you know drivers careers right yeah i mean it's a, it's the two biggest races of the year so uh um you know right now i'm kind of i'm kind of focused on on shootout a little bit and then once chili bull gets a little bit closer it'll be all on chili bull and then uh you know obviously i've been watching a lot of replays trying to trying to figure it out so um i mean we we actually me and my dad we fly out to california this this friday to to get the 10j car all fitted up so so i'm you know uh, super comfortable in it Cool. It's that time of year. Are you excited? Are you nervous? Like what, what's your, what's your mindset like this time of year? I mean, uh, I'm excited really for both of them, but you know, going back to, you know, I don't know, nervous, excited, uh, a little bit of both, um, you know, shootout, we kind of, we kind of have to do good because you know, the way, the way we're running with 10 J and then the way we ran last year. Um, so kind of, trying to put two two good combinations together to make a really good one so we kind of have to do good there and then you know chili bull i'm nervous but uh you know scott and my dad i know they're going to give me a great car so just uh kind of kind of make the most out of your practice laps you know um, 
go forward in your heat racing qualifier and then you have to be good on your preliminary night so um you know no bad luck is, is what we're hoping for so nervous about that the plans for next year you know following the chili bull are we going to be back in a power eye midget um are you going to you know contend for some other races what's the schedule like for you next year uh the plan is the the full usac schedule and then the power eye ones when it makes sense so that you know we're not going to those tiny little bull rings that uh you know you can't really race on so the the full the full usac schedule and then a little bit of power eye here and there all right so chalk up another one on the USAC National Midget Tour. Uh, Emerson Axum will uh, be competing at next year with Scott Petrie. Thanks so much for coming on the show. Sorry we had to get you out of the class uh, to do this. Um, I know that education is way more important than us just, um, you know, messing around. But thank you so much for coming on the show. And tell your teacher thank you uh, for uh, setting up the studio there. Uh, and tell him that we uh, might need to hire him on the podcast because it looks better than us. So... <laughs> Yeah, thank you for having me. Good luck in the next few weeks, bud. Thank you. Thank you. You too, Dylan. Emerson Axum, everyone, a talented micro racer from Indiana. Your stomping grounds, Dylan, uh, a micro racer. I'm sure he was probably in the quarter midgets at one point. Uh, your career, you went to the quarter midgets, but was briefly in a micro, right? You didn't, you didn't really race a micro all that much i think you kind of went to the like the 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 kenyan midget series right pretty soon after yeah i ran a kenyan car right after quarter midgets i didn't race a micro until i was af until after i raced a dirt midget dirt midget was the very first thing i've raced on dirt so um i've run more micro stuff the last couple of years than i have had you know had any time when i was a kid so um but i mean that's you know that's that's the thing kind of like we talked to you know talked to him about is like there's so many young kids now that are making that jump from midgets or from micros to midgets, you know, you've got Emerson, um, you know, guys like Chase Randall, uh, you know, the new, you know, young kids. And, and then obviously, you know, guys that have been around for a long time, you know, Jason McDougal, Tyler Thomas, Brady Bacon, Christopher Bell. I mean, they all came from the micro ranks. So it's a great, uh, great teaching grounds, great proving grounds and, you know, way to learn how to race. And um, it's going to be great for, all the fans on flow racing to be able to watch the shootout and kind of uh, get a glimpse of, of their version of the chili bowl and, and watch some really great racing here in a couple weeks. Yeah. And I hope they enjoy that uh, flow racing rewind that we did. That is now. Uh, so what is it? Episode one is Tracy Hines. Episode two is Kevin Swindell. Episode three is Jay Drake. Episode four is now Emerson Axon from the Tulsa shootout. And episode five will be Jason McDougal from the Tulsa shootout as well. Uh, we're doing that tomorrow. Um, so some cool content going on flow. I think it's fun to, to see what those guys were thinking. We, you know, we learned a lot of stuff from Kevin Swindell who said he ran out of breaks uh, in the last half of the race. His dad crashed three times. Sammy crashed three times in the race and still finished second. So it's like when in these 55 lap races, Dylan, the huge races, like it's almost two races. Like you can crash all you want in the first, you know, 30 laps, if you will. But the next 25 laps is a whole nother race again. Yeah. I mean, you know, obviously you don't want to ever get too far back because I think, um, you know, uh, just for obvious reasons, you don't ever want to be buried, but yeah, I mean, it's 55 laps is a long race for, you know, for a midget, let alone for a micro. Um, 
So it's, you know, there's plenty of time to, to make up for mistakes if you make them. And, uh, but you know, in, in the same token, there's a different strategy that comes with racing one of those races, you know, and like in the, especially in the midget, you know, I've only rate, I've made the A main there one time, uh, and started at the back and got lapped, you know, within like 15 laps, just because it was one lane on the bottom, everybody was going the same speed, but the leaders had clean racetrack. And so they just run you right down and, you know, go by you. So there's a strategy involved, you know, when it is that, you know, one lane for a while so that it's not completely blown off and slick at the end, you know, there's a, there's a way you have to race at the beginning, uh, you know, to keep your track position. So, uh, it's interesting. It's, it's, there's always stuff to watch in the expo and, um, you know, micros and midgets both. So we kind of talked a little bit about it in the open, um, but the Castrol Flow Racing Night in America series was announced this week. Ten races scheduled to run from March through October of 2021. Uh, a big deal with Michael Rigsby, who put it together. Um, it's going to be like a football night in America type deal. I don't know if we're allowed to say that. Probably have copyright purposes. But um, Castrol Flow Racing night in America. It's going to be a cool deal where Rigsby and Suave, you know, Derek Kessinger from Dirt on Dirt, the Dirt on Dirt staff will be producing a live show that then throws out to the racetrack and we get uh, the most talented late model racers uh, racing for some big money. So congratulations on announcing that. More content on Flow Racing. We have so much Chili Bowl content coming out. We just recorded, you know, episode five, you know, four of the Flow Racing Rewind. You can check those out on the app. Um, we have a lot of interviews. Haley Shanley's interviews up with Brady Bacon. Also with um, Keith Coons Motorsports, you know, the guys over there, Cannon McIntosh, Jason Persley was there, Jay Drake. Um, Jay Drake has a flow racing rewind as well, and my dogs are barking. (laughs) (laughs) And I don't know why. Tons of content on flow racing. Check it out right now. All the Chili Bulls, more Tulsa shootouts are up. It's going to be a good time. Dylan Welch, thanks for so much uh, for coming on the show today. It was a good time. Episode 15. The past two weeks, Parker Price Miller was episode 14. That was his number he drove last year. Episode 15, Emerson Axon drove 15. Who are we getting for 16? Yeah, who do, who drives 16? I don't know if there is. Biff. I don't know if there is a 16. The Biff. Yeah. <laughs> call call him up. <laughs> Thanks for joining us on the Donnie Shots episode. Greg Biffle episode next week on the Loud Pedal Podcast. Thanks so much. <laughs>